if serial killers can find other serial killer spouses, yeah, you can find <laughs> people that have a similar like set of beliefs or whatever so you like, can't find your tribe until you know what tribe you're looking for because i mean i could go out and i could find like a volleyball team or a netball team or like a crochet group that aren't really what i need to help me bolster my author business activate your energy welcome to the activated authors podcast a show where we distill the core principles of what it takes to become a happy healthy and productive author no matter what stage of the journey you're at I'm your host, Daniel Wilcox. I'm an international best-selling author, as well as an author coach, speaker, and creative entrepreneur. But most importantly, I'm a lifelong student of all things productivity, psychology, and human behavior. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Without further ado, let's dive in. What is up, Activators? And welcome back to yet another episode of the Activated Authors Podcast with myself, Daniel Wilcox, and here with me every single goddamn week is the wonderful... What's about the frost? Thank you. Hey, that was a, that was a nice adjective. Um, I'm trying to get through them. I don't think it's the most creative, but I think that it, <laughs> it's, it's a good one to keep in the arsenal. You're trying to get through them, and why are you keeping stuff in your arsenal? It's just where I keep them, at my arsenal. Interestingly, the uh, title of the third Ratchet and Clank game. How's it going, Sam? What have you been working on? Um, Jesus. I'm not working on Jesus. That explains the three it just I don't know. It just that felt like so many questions in one, like, underhanded attack. <laughs> just suddenly like, how's it going, question. Sam? What are you working on? And I was like, oh, my God, I've just woken up. What is happening? Okay. Like, you've just said hi, and now you're like, tell me everything. Yeah, I want to know. Okay. Well, uh, the poetry book? <laughs> How's it going? So, um, what, was the f- what was the first part of the question? How's, How's it going? going? Okay, that's why, because I was trying to think of how it was going, and then you asked me what I was working on. They're two very different things. <laughs> um, so how is it going? It's going all right. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm feeling um, uh, optimistic. I guess about is that E U R G H to mystic, like ugh to mystic. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust it, but I like it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just mm, mm, mm. Um, the same I way guess. I approach the griddle when I'm doing bacon. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is going to be worth it, but it could hurt. <laughs> Uh, so that's how I'm feeling, generally speaking. Um, and yeah, I'm working on um, Knife 10, Pen, Blood 10, Ink, which is the poetry book, well, poetry project, um, and making some nice strides on that. Nice. How about you? How is it going? What are you working on? Tell me everything immediately. And don't be good at this. Don't be good now. Don't just be like, I'm this and this is what I'm working on. You also have to be flabbergasted. You have to be taken off guard. You have to make me look like I'm normal. That's that. Just So how's it going? Well, at the minute, I'm currently feeling uh, <laughs> more discomfort in my gut at the very quick and big fajita that I ate at lunch. Um, ah. I can feel that coursing through my digestive system, which is an experience. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm good. I uh, was telling the people in the sprint this morning that I've already had that moment where yesterday, I think it was, um, 
I know it's this morning on the drive. Oh my God, like kind of proved my point this morning. Um, I drove to a clinic to get an update on my fingers and to, well, I say update to actually have them examined for the first yeah. time in two years, which I can go into in a minute if, if people want to hear. Um, but I already had, I already had that moment of like, oh mate, like things just aren't moving quick enough and I need to do this and I've barely done anything. And I'm like, I've been working for 3.3 days mm-hmm. this year, technically, but like this weird kind of number one, just, an inability to grasp what time is since the pandemic yeah. uh on top of just this unholy ambition and drive um but yeah like that's that's something i'm trying to work through at the minute is i'm, I'm still i've spoken about this a lot and like some of this will go into my takeaway so i'll go into it a little bit more but like just um it's really difficult to measure productivity mm-hmm. yeah and uh, yeah, I'll expand on that when we get into takeaways. But yeah, like good in general. As I say, I went to um, a clinic this morning, uh, drove specifically an hour from where I live because the nearest surgery is a pile of wank stain. Excuse people that might offend. Um, and honestly, like I was a pile very... of wank stain. Pile of it. <laughs> I could go worse, but I'm not going to. I'm going to be good. Um, but yeah, like I was very, very thankful that I chose a different place because like the, the place I went was very, very like clean and good and the people were very very friendly it worries me that the first thing that impressed you was that the hospital was clean do you know what i mean that says a lot about the place you didn't go yep and i had my first proper like examination of my fingers for a complaint that i've been complaining about for two years um over two years now it was october Mm -hmm. it was october 2020 that was the first time i text someone to say my fingers hurt so like Mm -hmm. it was hurting for a few weeks before that and yeah like i won't go into all the specifics but like it's it's not in an off position, I've got to go for a few more tests to try and fully diagnose what it is, but we have an idea. Um, and I'm sure I'll update people once, once that's come back. Cause it really has been, um, like for people who might be new to this podcast or like new to like the stuff that I do, like it was about two years ago, I was writing a lot. I was writing like fast. I was writing a minimum of around 30 to 40,000 words a week. Um, mm-hmm. 2020 was the year that I pub- well, I wrote 20 books. Um, and so I was doing a lot of typing and you know, that, impacted a lot when my fingers started hurting and like we can we can guess some of the cause of what might have caused my fingers to hurt the 26 um, books the 20 it was the 20 it was 26 holy shit balls yeah, yeah. i was gonna say it wasn't 20 it was 26 i remember i interviewed yeah. you on this yes yes um so i switched to dictation i've like I, I did i've moved back since i've dialed back a lot of my actual writing output um but it's been it's been a bit of a journey, so it's nice to feel like it's actually moving forward. And yeah, I was with this um, lovely lady called Laura for about thirty five minutes this morning, like examined all the things, really took the time to listen and understand. And like half the time, that's all you freaking need is someone to yeah. be like, let me listen to you, rather than just jumping at you with conclusions before you like you had because the amount of people that were like, oh, so the problem's in your hands. I'm like, no, it's my fingers. Yeah, but it, mm-hmm. it's your palms. I'm like, no, it's not my palms. No. My fingers. I'm telling you where the fucking. Yeah. Know how much clearer i see these five digits here it's them they're hurting not, not this bit here like the hand obviously i get is general but like because i've <laughs> because i've had surgery on my wrist and I i'll show it for the youtubers in case people can see but there's like a scar on my wrist there yeah um from a few years back where i had bones grafted back together like that was immediately where people were going they're like it's this and i'm like no like mm. so yeah to actually be heard it's so small but it's such a big thing um and like extends to pretty much like any time i've got like a friend or like family member moaning yeah. about something i'm like clearly they need to be heard in this before i offer any kind of like yeah. possible rebuttal or solution it's huge yeah it's a simple uh, thing but yeah 
Powerful, powerful. Um, but yeah, what have I been working on? Um, lots of activated authors business stuff. Um, I'm still doing a lot of basically just planning and organizing for this mm-hmm. year. Um, because I've kind of lived on the model of because I've been working on lots of different things at once, um, and business wise, like lots of mm-hmm. different businesses at once. Um, this year I'm really focusing on activated authors in general, and so I'm allowing myself to plan ahead to think of the year ahead. Like on the table behind me is like a big old calendar where I've got things blocked off, and um, I've got sort of guests and things to book in for our activated authors masterclasses i've got obviously podcast guests and different things i'm working on um so i'm just kind of working my way through that and and you know putting us a bit more on the map and a bit more out there and trying to find the people that we're not yet reaching because um i really do feel like we offer something incredibly valuable to the author community and you can't like i I want that to grow i want to reach more people and and Mm -hmm. impact more people's lives so that's what i've been working on um this week i'm trying to think if there's anything else because it feels like there was but also that there wasn't well, I just, I just quickly like to say, um, and I, I'll, I'll make it very clear that this has nothing to do with anything that you just said. Um, it, <laughs> uh, well, you mentioned about something on the table behind you, and I realised that I was supposed to blur out my background because my bedroom is a hot shit mess at the minute. Um, so just for people watching on YouTube, I apologise if, if the craziness behind me is um distracting i'm aware it's a thing um i only really get to sit down properly and organize and sort stuff at the weekends because i have my son with me during the week i work while he's at school um and then like it's bedtime before i know it because being a mum is no fucking joke i should say being a parent is no fucking joke and it's like time disappears um and classic mum I did all of downstairs last weekend and was like, it's fine. I can do like my bedroom. And it's just, it's, get, it's, get, it's got, it's got insane. It's got insane. I think so, it's that bad. There you go. Huh? I think it's that bad. Well, that's because you can, you can't see the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So what is your one key takeaway for this week? My one key takeaway from this week is simply burp. I apologise. I did a little burp. You go on. Yes. Gas is natural. No. Um, <laughs> my my one key takeaway is basically that when I do it all, it is fucking exhausting and it is in no way sustainable. I lasted Monday. <laughs> I did the classic thing where I was just like, okay, these are the things I want to implement. So let's do it um and it wasn't all of the things like there's been some growth but it was still too many things Mm -hmm. um so like I've got a new morning and evening routine for myself and for my son uh because he's you know turning into a teenager so I've got to make sure that he's not stinky and all that kind of stuff beautiful teenage stuff um and like my morning routine at the minute that I've written is it's basically like you know, wake up, drink your water, take your meds, wash your face, brush your teeth, get dressed. And then like a few other kind of um, more creative bits that I like to do when I wake up. Um, and I, my brain was like, yeah, so just we're just going to start small. We're just going to do the morning and evening routine. But of course, the, each of those things has like 12 components in them. And so, there's a bookend to your day. So they're arguably yeah. pretty big. Yeah. And like when you're not used to doing them because it's been a long time, it's 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 a real struggle. Mm-hmm. So 
it's it's just the thing of like you can't do it all at once start smaller than you think is appropriate so i'm just focusing on brushing my teeth yeah make sure that you brush your teeth in the morning and before you go to bed and that's your routine done we're going to do that for like a month until brushing your teeth is second nature and then we'll move on to like washing your face every day yeah well, that is worth also saying that like sometimes in those rare occasions, like I'm sure you've probably had this in the past as well. I've, I don't get it a lot, but every now and then, like sometimes doing it all at once does work. It's really bizarre. Sometimes you wake yeah. up one day, you're just like, I'm done doing this or like I'm going to be doing this. Mm-hmm. And it just sticks and you can't explain it. It's like my um one of my uncles spent years trying to stop smoking, um really, really struggled to ever come off it. And then one day he just stopped. Like mm-hmm. from what I understand, there was no real like impetus or sort of moment. It was just, all right, I'm done now and never smoked again and it's like sometimes those come but it's not regularly (laughs) no and like it's not like i'm stopping myself from doing all the other stuff i'm just saying the only thing that matters yes is this Mm. so like half the time when i'm in the bathroom i'm brushing my teeth like i wash my face anyway i'm well i'm already bloody here so i'll do it but if i'm like i can't be bothered or i forget it's fine because it's not it's not what has to be done right now so yeah yeah yeah. Um, and for me, kind of linking back to what I was saying earlier, like, um, and also springing a little bit off of, um, I won't sort of use names and stuff, but a mini conversation I had in like a group that I'm a part of yesterday with someone um, is, and I'm always careful how I say this because there, there's a real big push or has been over the last few years in the writing community of um, rapid release publishing, mm-hmm. writing a lot and writing fast. And as we've spoken about many times before, and I won't sort of belabor, like, if it works for you, fantastic, make it happen, like go for it. Um, I have suffered because of rapid writing and rapid mm-hmm. releasing. And I'm not saying that like, I regret what I did at the time because a lot of what it was allowed me to get to where I needed to be. Um, and I learned a lot from the experience and you know, there's so many good things that sprang from it, but like physically it damaged me. Yeah. Um, because I am, I have a very, very addictive personality. If I'm into something, I'm really freaking into something. And Same. so like, I was hungry. I was furious. I was writing all the goddamn time. It didn't also help that at the time I was in a very, um, rocky relationship, which meant that like writing was my escape. So I was yeah. kind of like even more flung in that direction to do more. So arguably I went a bit overboard, but at the end of the day, like I still got a lot done. Um, but yeah, physically that's kind of left a mark. And then also, and again, this is something else that I've spoken about, but it really is my, one of my lingering problems at the minute, which is like mentally as well. Like there's a real, like I'm finding this over the last couple of months, there's a real trauma response in me to writing. Mm-hmm. So I love the process of writing. I love having written, I love publishing books, but because of how quickly I have written books, because of what my expectations internally are of what I am capable of, if I have free time, if I do all this stuff, like anything that I'm doing at the minute, it just doesn't feel like enough. Yeah. Um, and so I've got three books on the juggle at the minute. Um, one's in editing stage, one's, uh, I'd say about half written and one's kind of written, but like just there waiting to be edited. And um, like this week, I've kind of released myself from the pressure and expectation of publication. Mm-hmm. Publication, the moment that you publish a book is like one one thousandth of yep. the process. And I found myself getting really into the loop of like, I really want to make sure that, you know, while running Activated Authors, while putting myself on this podcast and doing other things, I am a working writer. Yeah. And for whatever reason in my head, I've gotten to this point where like, I'm not visibly publishing, so I'm not a working writer. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pulling myself back from that mentally and going like, well, it's not that like the publication will come at the minute. Just focus on the fucking book, like focus on yeah. on the writing. 
the writing, the finding the joy, the process, the habit. Um, and But yeah, there's still this sort of really deep-rooted kind of like, if I get up in the morning, which I've started to do again this week and get up early and kind of hit the page, there's that moment of, oh shit, I've got like 4,000 words to write. Yeah. And I don't. No. But it's still there because I did it for like two and a half years solid. Yeah. Um. So that, that's kind of mine is like really trying to, I don't know what the takeaway is. I think more just recognizing that as a, as a battle and, and more of a, a cautionary tale to people. Like, again, like I, people rapid release, they do very well from it. Different circumstances, different people. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm saying is that like, I benefited greatly from it, but it also burnt me the fuck out, has damaged me physically and also has kind of affected how I view my creative process. Yeah. Um, like if I was just carrying on, if I was just doing that, like, I don't know. I don't know how things might have been different, but that's kind of where I'm at the minute. So I'm trying to um, recognize that just like publishing doesn't make you an author. Like the whole process makes you an author. Yeah. I'm putting myself back into that because again, like I have, what's the math? 40K. I've got about 90,000 unpublished words that I'm working on at the minute mm-hmm. across three different projects. Um, so yeah, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know where that's kind of like landing up as a point, but. Well, I mean, I, I, like, I feel what you're saying. I, I said to you early this week, like, I was, um, I've started to work on, like, the front and back matter of the poetry book. Mm. And it's the first time I felt like I've actually done, like, I'm actually doing something. That isn't writing. No, 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 no. Like, that, it, that I'm actually doing something. Normally, like, ah. like it, I mean, I've, I've written a book, mm-hmm. a full book like a full novel that's close to like coming on like a hundred thousand words. Like it's a a, draft of it as well. Yeah. And, but because like I've written before, it doesn't feel like I've done anything. Hmm. And because this was a new step and it's a step towards something that I've never done before. And in a way that I can literally hold up something and be like, yes, no, look, I am. Mm. Um, it's the first time I've actually felt like anything I've done creatively is valid or means something. It's a weird thing. It's a really weird mm. process. Um, yeah, kind of springing off that as well, like two very, very quick points. Um, something that I heard on, I think it was Neil deGrasse Tyson being interviewed on Diary of a CEO. Um, mm-hmm. But they, for some reason, got onto this this talk of what a novel is and like, this might be obvious to people, but it really like blew my mind. Cause you know, when you hear words again and again, and the words themselves lose meanings. Yeah. Novels are called novels. Cause no one will write the same novel. Like it's a novel idea put into pages. <gasps> I didn't know that. It's a novelty. Each book that you read is a novel experience. And obviously we've classified novels as X amount of pages, but the idea of, and it really like, for me, struck home this idea that like five different people could write the Titanic and five different people would create entirely different experiences. Oh yeah, for sure. No yeah. one can write the same book. So I didn't know that. That's so cool. I, like, it blew my mind. I was, I was like, Oh my God. But like, if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh, like, I don't know like what I can add. Like you can add your voice. You can add your experience. This is kind of what I drill into people is, mm-hmm. you know, you have a unique story to tell. So fucking tell it. Mm-hmm. Um, second, super quick thing before we go into our win from the community um, is a bit of an in memoriam uh, i just want to i just <laughs> i just want to acknowledge um i recently listened to the latest and last episode of the writer's mindset podcast with uh, christine adams and ellie betts and uh, i don't know if they listen to this but i do want to say like thank you for all the fantastic work that you guys have done um in interviewing authors like i've been on there a few times and they've got an amazing audience um and i think that the episode 
for people that want to listen to it, like it's it's one of those. It's really it gets to the heart of like not everything. Like you need to aim your energy to where it's best spent. Basically, yeah, like yeah. they love doing the podcast, but obviously, like this life doesn't always lend to being able to have all of these sort of passion projects that don't yield back financial reward. And podcasting mm-hmm. is very hard to make financially viable. Um, so yeah, with, like thank you for all the work that you've done, Christina and Ellie, and uh, you'll be missed. But they'll be around, like they're not dead. No, well, I mean, you said in memoriam, and I was wondering. I meant the podcast. Yeah, well, yeah. I was trying to be dramatic. I'm a storyteller, you know. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, our win from the community this week comes from a brand new member, uh, Becca, who has said that uh, she realised that she can space out projects and take her time rather than doing everything instantly and all at once. Kind of case in point to what we've been saying this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that she's been asked to write a second book for the same client, which is proof of concept, amazing. renewed business. Like, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Congratulations, Becca. I've, I've yet to see your face IRL slash IDL. <laughs> in digital life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say um, you might find yourself quite annoyed because she's in Spain and the weather looks lovely. So, Oh, it's okay. I like looking at the sun. I just don't particularly enjoy being in the heat. Oh, so actually, it, it might it might bring me joy. I'll be like, oh, it looks lovely there, but I'm glad I'm not in it. Yep. Well, I do like the heat. I do like the heat from it. I like warm. Heat, not so much. I'm northern. I'm not built for it. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um. So what's our question this week, Sam? That is a very good question. Our I don't question... know yet. You've not asked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but every time you ask me a question, it's really throwing me off guard. It's one of those days. I'm the same fucking structure. I have the the question for this week is how do you find (laughs) I'm so sorry. The suspense is killing me. I, I'll be honest, I'm not quite sure what's going on right now. And I had to stop. Okay. That just shut it down. <laughs> Sorry about that. The question of this week, how do you find your tribe? I said it really quickly. So <laughs> there we go. How do you find your tribe? Yes. Daniel? And this is obviously a very, very important question and can mean quite a few different things. So, mm-hmm. um, as we go into this conversation, a lot of these principles are pretty universal. So when you think of tribes for, you know, re- uh, for authors, it can obviously mean like, how do you find your readers? As an author, it can mean how can you find fellow supporting authors and a network of authors that will, you know, keep you buoyant across rough seas. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, if you're in nonfiction, it could be how can you find people that you want to bring into your service, into your book. So like the actual principles of this are universal. So if we start going down the route of like, how do you find readers? Like it still means all the same thing. Like the principles very yes. much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I've got like a few big bullet points here, but as with anything we kind of have dived into with this kind of um, topic, the place to start really is to try and work out what it is that you're looking for. Yes. So you can't find your tribe until you know what tribe you're looking for, because I mean, I could go out and I could find like a volleyball team or a netball team or like a crochet group that aren't really what I need to help me bolster my author business. Yeah. And you also might get arrested if you just go out and find a volleyball team. Yeah. And just stand there and be like, be my friend. (laughs) Hi, guys. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) 
Pass the ball. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you really need to know what it is that you're looking for. And this bounces back to, um, and I'll use the example of an author trying to find readers. Um, you need to know what your genre is. You need to know like what your values are. You need to know what it is specifically that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And that will like help you find the people you're looking for. And that's not an easy thing to do because in the beginning, you might not know exactly what it is you're looking for. But I can guarantee there's like a ballpark figure of what you're trying to go for. Yes, Sam, you have very politely raised your hand. Well, I didn't want to interrupt you as in flow. Um, I would, on on this, because for the longest time, just generally in life, I didn't know what I was looking for. Um, yes. Much like as an author, you find your genre and your subgenre, and then you kind of figure out your niche. I think when when one is looking for one's tribe, one must look to themselves and realize that they are the niche. Mm-hmm. So, like, what do you enjoy? Who are you? What are your values? What pisses you off? What are your non negotiables? What will you not tolerate? Just just like re speak to yourself about that stuff, and yeah. then go forward with that because there's like there are so many like writing groups on Facebook there are so many um like bookstagrammers and um booktubers and all those things each with their own individual communities Mm -hmm. and most people within those communities will also be trying to start their own they're everywhere yeah everywhere Mm -hmm. so like it's not a case of how do you find a writing group it's how do you find people that align with who you are and that has to start with you like figuring out a few things about yourself first if you if you haven't like spent some time with yourself yeah i think this is a really difficult thing it it really is a process um and like people who are listening to this podcast have seen like some of the stuff i do like i i started my journey uh i published in 2015 i really started the writing journey around 2014 Mm -hmm. um maybe even like as far back really as 2013 but primarily like i really kicked it off in 2014 and I often like will tell people in, in the Activated Office community, like go back and listen to some of my first interviews that I did on um, my former podcast with Luke Condor, the story studio. Um, and I'll say it again, if I've not said the it, goat. the goat, I'll say it again. If I've not said it enough times before, but like, if you really want to keep a record of how you've grown, make like do a podcast, like just something small, or just do like film yourself in some capacity, because at the time it was, you know, a learning experience for me i'd never podcasted before and you know luke suggested the idea and i was terrified but i took the plunge and did it um and of course you did <laughs> and it really is like, i can go back to those episodes now and it's so so interesting hearing me back then because not only do i talk differently because i'm talking how i think a podcast person should talk mm. um, the subject and the content of what i talk about is completely different because i am a non-author pretending to be an author for authors in the hope that i will one day be an author and so like I hope for some people, like if like honestly, like I'll, I'll I will pop a link down for um, a story studio for people to find. But Will like, you? Yes, yes, I will. I'll find it after this conversation. <laughs> Let me make a quick note. The story <laughs> studio link for Sam who edits. There we go. Um, that was fascinating for the audience. You're welcome, guys. Um, but yeah, the point is like, I I really was trying to pretend to be something else because I didn't truly know what kind of author I was or, you yeah. know, and, and there's a level of, um, I guess, insecurity over putting too much of yourself out into the ether and getting rejected. Cause 
one of the the things that scared me the most particularly but i i'm sure will resonate is this idea that like if i put my real self out and it gets rejected like what's left you're speaking my entire language this is how i feel about myself in every social situation everyone every single one everything that i do i mean going to the corner shop (laughs) because this is like if you don't mind me sharing like this is honestly one of the big things that we worked on with you when we first started like Mm -hmm. working together um i don't know if you want to touch on kind of that experience of um that first like session and how that looked it was i oh so And please don't mistake my like um, fragmented sentences and silences as discomfort. It's not. It's me trying to like formulate. Yeah. I I get very caught in my head of what something is supposed to be. And I came to you as someone that wanted to write a book even though like there was so much more that I wanted to do and also just I get very uncomfortable very quickly about well lots of things but like about progress made or about what I've achieved or what I haven't achieved and and just this idea of how the fuck am I supposed to get anything done like how my brain is like not only different, but it is malignant and um, it, you know, it, it weaponizes thoughts. And it was just the idea of, like I said on, uh, on this podcast before, it's, it's difficult for me to say like, I've had a great week because there could be, there could have been like amazing highlights during the week, but there will, like however high I go the low equals if not surpasses so it can often blind me to the good things that have happened and when you're used to that cycle of constant like not only is it exhausting it's debilitating and demotivating at this idea that you could ever actually achieve something that you have to put your full like force and self into to get there um so yeah I feel that. <laughs> well, so I remember like one of the things that was unlocked in that session was this ability that you can embrace who you are. And not only that, but like use that as a force of good in the world. So rather than presenting what you thought the world wanted to see from you, it's finding the value in yourself, even mm-hmm. in, you know, some of the flaws that we do have and, you know, the vulnerabilities and things to be able to say like, this is this is who I am, and there is someone out there that's going to benefit from from it. Is that give what it is that gives? Mm-hmm. Um, like I've I've given a bunch of interviews um, on podcasts and things over the last few years, and well, yeah, there's a full list of them at DanielWilcox.com forward slash speaking. Um, <laughs> but if you want to, <laughs> but but genuinely, like the the big thing for me was the minute I started to just allow myself to be myself. Mm-hmm. in public in these forums and that doesn't mean i have to give like every square inch of myself away like i have a private no life. and you know i can't yeah. just 
there are people in my private life that I will not share because I don't have their permission and I don't think it's necessary. Um, But the minute I started to just be honest and be like, well, you know, these are the vulnerabilities I have. This is the stuff I struggle with as an author. Like that is infinitely so much more helpful forming connections with other people so like what we're not saying here is that you have to you know put yourself up on a clothesline and just like present yourself to the world but all the things that you worry might be your insecurities could just be your greatest strengths and embracing that in the beginning when you're reaching out to readers if you're reaching out to other authors like there's no point you know putting on bluster if you're trying to find like an author to be friends with so that you can like make this a little less lonely there's no point going up to someone who's just started their author journey you started your author journey and you're like i've done all this stuff and i've been in the game for ages Mm -hmm. reality you haven't because that doesn't benefit anyone no and in oh sorry I was just saying that honesty is just fundamentally one of the strongest tools when used right and again that doesn't mean giving everything away yeah no so like honesty doesn't mean that you're an arsehole um being transparent doesn't mean that you have to like tell everything to everybody at all times there's the difference between um being honest um and there's a difference between like choosing to be honest and transparent with your journey than like being secretive obviously they're they're different things or, or or kind of not necessarily secretive but um like hiding who you are because you're trying to present something different as i've said to you before there's a difference between secrecy and privacy yes and it and it, it's that idea that you know that you work with like just because um you know it behooves you as as a creative as someone that is selling things um a lot of the time online especially these days that doesn't mean that you have to sell your entire self and your entire soul mm-hmm. it means that like you get to choose the parts of you that you show and that you're comfortable with showing. Um, And, and, and that still is transparency because you're saying this is the part of the author journey. I mean, I know for you, one of your most like, because I remember you telling me about it at the time, the, the post that really like resonated with a lot of people at the time was the one where you've just, your head is literally slammed on the desk. Mm -hmm. And it was a horrendous week for you. And like, there's a massive like essay underneath it. And people were like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. Yes, I relate to this so much. Yeah, I just, th- th- there's a lot of, um, I think this has broken down a lot over the last sort of decade, not as much as I kind of want. Um, but because social media is so much about the behind the scenes and about the process, it has allowed people a bit more a glimpse into that life. So you, you have less of these super perfectly polished celebrities because you know they you can see them on instagram cooking breakfast with their kids or you know sometimes they will share the more negative side because i think like that's a really noble thing to do again should you wish to um but it really is like so we to kind of like put this into bullet points like identify what it is you're looking for and to do that you know like you say like know who it is you are and to distill that it can be any number of things like you could be an accountant who loves writing horror so be like the accountant horror author like make puns about numbers and do the maths behind killings and things like you could be i don't know a swimming instructor that also writes cozy mystery like connect the two things you can find the people for that niche like a perfect example is um one of our very good friends and and member of the community julie heiner like mental and also now i'm joking full stop she is mental uh she is mental about um 80s metal and she loves murder um in books well i'll specify in books <laughs> that was that was so well delivered <laughs> murder. um moving like, on 
she's literally building a following she's building a brand all around the style of what 80s metal is and it's all rocking and it's all glam and it's all big hair and makeup and she's like being invited into places like in real life and online to talk about her books because it's such a it's such a distinct style it's such a merging of two things but it works so freaking well um but that started literally with just confusion about like she really wasn't confident about merging the two and i was like embrace it like people love this there will be people out here that need this i was just gonna say it is one of the our biggest flaws i think as humans whether when no matter like whether it's a positive or a negative trait we are not nearly as unique (laughs) as we think we are and if you are struggling with something you are not the only one and if you Uh, love something you are not the only one and no matter how like fucking weird or like bland or whatever you think it is or how like shameful you think whatever it is I'm telling you you are not a google whack Mm -hmm. we are all like we are we are all like What's a Google whack, just for people that don't know? Because I didn't. Oh, yes. A Google whack is when you type um, something into Google, like to search, and it comes back with no hits. Yeah. That's a Google whack. Um, So, like, I mean, if serial killers can find other serial killer spouses, you can find (laughs) people that have a similar, like, (laughs) set of beliefs or whatever. Like, it is. It, it it's it's not always easy but it is so doable and possible and like you said it is a case of trial and error mm-hmm. and it, age comes into it and what i mean by this is i know i know but what i mean by this is when you are a kid having friends is easy well i mean it's easier depending on like how you generally feel about people um but like you're at school, there's people everywhere. You cannot fucking escape them no matter how hard you try. And then like you go to college or maybe you go, if college wasn't for you, you go into like an apprenticeship, your first job, an apprenticeship, whatever. And and you're surrounded by people. And then they're not necessarily the people you would choose for yourself, but they're people there. And you find like commonalities, even if it's just my drama teacher used to say, there's always one arsehole in the group. Um, and like you don't everyone... think there is, do you? <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> so like, even if you have nothing else in common, <laughs> the, you, you'll bitch over that arsehole. Like, you, you are presented with these people, um, and then obviously when you when you choose something that is kind of off the beaten track for most people, and like you've said before, it's difficult for us to remember that because we put ourselves in these bubbles like you listen to podcasts and you hear from like similar voices and and you can be fooled into thinking that that's the world and and it isn't Mm -hmm. like what we are choosing to do is very different than what most people do so then you'll find that you know you have to go out and find people and that's that that can feel very daunting when most of our lives were handed people Mm -hmm. um so it is just about like putting on your your big person pants and and like putting yourself in uncomfortable situations I literally found like this entire community on a complete accident Hmm. watched watched you on a Jenna Moresi video stalked you slightly online 
found your website, <laughs> found that you were doing a boot camp. My anxiety screamed at me not to do it, and I and I just pressed the button. And it, it's it's such a sliding door moment for me because if I'd have decided not to, I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. But it's literally I was just like, do you know what? Fuck this. I can do this. This is fine. I'm just all I have to do right now is just click the button. Yeah. Yeah. Like and say yes. That's that's this that's the very next step. So it is just it's about using the social skills that you've hopefully learned or trying to try to learn. Like I feel you. Um, like growing up, you know, going through school and college, uh, uni, whether it's apprenticeship jobs, whatever it is where you've been surrounded by people and you've had to use those social survival skills is about taking what you've learned and then applying it to people that you actually would like to be around. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's scary. I think the, one of the things I want to highlight of what you said there is like, there are 8 billion people on this planet, which is the highest population of people that's ever been (laughs) on the planet. 8 billion people. There are communities around, I forget the name of it, but like a really ancient Egyptian game of chess. Like there are P, there's a Facebook group in which if you play that and if you love that game, you can find the people. If you are someone who, and this is no judgment, but I've seen it uh, and it's not for me, but again, no judgment. Um, adults who love dressing up as babies in nappy, right. being taken yep. care of. Like there are communities for people who enjoy that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are communities for people who believe they are vampires. Like. Mm-hmm. There is something out there for everyone. And I, this is kind of how I, I choose to think of it. Like if there are like 8 billion people, it's very, very um, difficult to picture. Yeah, oh God, uh, yeah, you can't hold that in your head. Yeah, I think the numbers are slightly wrong on this, but like if uh, if you were to look at like it in forms of seconds, so one second being obviously one one second, how many, um, how many days, how many days is a million seconds? Ah. If I remember this right, it's, it's either, it's one way around the other. A million seconds is 27 days. Okay. How many, well, how long is 1 billion seconds? 270 days. 33 years. What? <laughs> so if you divide... <laughs> yeah, right? I'll do maths. If you divide that into people and picture that as people, that's how many people there are. And it is impossible to conceptualise. But the point being, out of those 8 billion people, there is someone that loves what you love. Like, whether that's a reader, whether that's another author, like... Obviously, we, we tend to kind of look very close by to begin with, but luckily, because of how the internet works, it means we can do a lot of like searching. Yeah. Um, and the second kind of principle that, um, again, we'll, we'll drop a link in the show notes, <laughs> um, is uh, Kevin Kelly wrote an article that's called A Thousand True Fans. And mm. again, like with yeah, a lot of these articles, I, I, yeah, I try to look at like the universal side of it rather than like the specific kind of thing. But the whole point of um, well, it's two. There's there's Kevin Kelly's The Thousand Truths fans, and then there's Seth Godin's Find Your Minimum Viable Audience, mm-hmm. and the concept of that being that it's better to find small groups of very very engaged people than mm-hmm. to magnify the numbers and look for like thousands and thousands and thousands. Um, so that's where you start. You start by kind of just going to different communities. You start by looking at different places to find that one person to begin with. Um, I literally watched. A video the other day of someone who was um it was a um uh forgive me if this isn't politically correct but it was a disabled lady on uh, twitch who was in a wheelchair and she was streaming herself playing a game and she had no views and then someone popped onto the chat just to be like oh what are you doing and got chatting to her 
And in that exchange, um, the woman who had gone on to watch said like, oh, it's it's my birthday, but I don't have anyone here to sing happy birthday to me. So the lady in a wheelchair sang happy birthday to her. That went viral online. And now she has this audience of people that are there because they love her as a person and what it is she, that she does. And it's it's stuff like that. It's yeah, it's it's a gorgeous story. Mm -hmm. um, but like anyone, anyone can find people it's finding the right people um mm -hmm. and so kind of with that i guess it's probably good to go into what are some good starting places to find people and i've divided this up into online and irl mm -hmm. uh, have you got any sessions for online places to find people yeah i mean the google is your friend so like you know type in what what you're looking for and i know that sounds like a simple thing but how I got from a very low place once, and I mean extremely low, was I typed in, and this was before, like long before I met you, I typed in, um, how the hell am I supposed to write with debilitating mental illness? And pressed enter. I mean, people ask Google if they're pregnant. Like, you can ask Google. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they do. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, okay. And... <laughs> and Jenna Moresi popped up. Mm -hmm. That's how I found her. She was in a fucking cowgirl outfit because it was <laughs> Halloween, and um, it was it was around like writing and depression. And I was just like, holy shit, because it was one of those things. I wasn't even really, and I was almost writing it in out of spite, like, oh yeah, fucking tell me, find it for me then. Oh, thank you. Um, so... <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you, Google. <laughs> so like be as specific as you need to be google like is there and it and it will help um and then like obviously there are more specific places that you can look if it's if you know if it's like writers and that kind of thing that you're looking for like facebook like i said there's so many facebook groups mm -hmm. you can look um just any of the social medias any of them like there's no point in me listing them all out Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Don't go to Twitter. It's a cesspool. Yeah. Anyway, that's my personal opinion. Um, but yes, so social media, Google. Um, I'm trying to think. I think that's kind of what I've got. Yeah, that's, pre that's pretty umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the key points of that as well is like, for example, if you're uh, really loving a podcast, if you're really loving like content yeah. that people are putting out, today's economy it's likely they have some kind of following or community that you yeah. can get involved in so again like jenna has a discord full of people mm -hmm. um megator when she was like doing a lot more and she well she's back now but um she's got a community and stuff like obviously we have the activated authors community like if you like a particular piece of content a particular influencer in some way like yeah. it's likely they've got a, a horde of people behind them who will like the same things that you like because if what we're saying for example resonates with you in a way that you really really enjoy yeah. it's likely that the other people following us are going to be those people yes. and so you'll be finding more like-minded people to to meet in that way um so I've, I've i've done it before where like this is horror um podcast has a patreon community was part of that for a while um with hawk and cleaver we were very fortunate to build our own community in which we had lots of people yes. kind of jumped in and we made a lot of friends and network through there um so like look at what it is that you enjoy and the places where you are going to listen and to find people and just get involved involved in that and one of the things that i did very early on was um i really took advantage of when um the authors that i was looking up to ran free webinars 
So mm-hmm. I went to a fair few like Joanna Penn webinars that she ran and um, Sean Platt and uh, Johnny B. Truen and um, David Wright from what was the self-publishing podcast back then. Johnny B. Truen. Oh, oh I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, pseudonym, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's why it's amazing. Yeah. And that was a good starting place for me because it meant that I was starting to get in these communities with names that I began to recognize. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is a slow process. It takes like a bit of time, um, but you put some work into it and it can happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like like you say, Google and then uh, all the other the other one I put on here, which can be very useful, um, is professional associations and bodies. So, for example, for myself, the Horror Writers Association has a Discord. Um, they have, that was rude. <laughs> so I'm just mute myself because I need to cough. <laughs> <laughs> but the Horror Writers Association um, is obviously full of horror writers, and they have a yeah. Discord and they have like lots of different like newsletter lists and, and different things and Facebook groups you can get involved in. Um, I've started the Writers of Horror um, community with Julie Heiner and a few other horror writers in which we're bringing in people who are specifically earlier on in self-pub horror. Um, You know, you can join the um, sci-fi, what's the sci-fi writers one? I think it's, I think it's... Ah. Sci-Fi Writers of America, maybe, um, is one of the bodies. But whatever it is, you can look for them, like the Alliance of Independent Authors. There's lots of different communities and places that you can go to to meet like-minded people, uh, which then kind of brings us nicely into in-person events. Um, so, like, for authors, conferences and exhibitions are a fantastic way, terrifying um, yeah, yeah. initially, but a fantastic way to meet people. So, uh, for example, I started off going to uh, 20 Books um, London, been to 20 Books Edinburgh, uh, I'm off to StokerCon, which is a Horror Writers Association one this year, potentially heading over to London Book Fair as well to meet some people. Um, and so like going to these places is, again, like a fantastic way. Bring a friend if you've not been before, but then don't be scared to yeah. talk to people and try and make those connections because you're surrounded by people that are there probably for very similar reasons to what you are. Yeah. Um, and I would say if because obviously conferences can be pricey specific specifically I should say if you're not like living locally to where they're being held because you know travel and all that kind of thing so if something like that is just completely unattainable right now for you like with your budget look for local writing groups yes I mean they you know they might not be exactly where you're heading or where you want to head but I guarantee that they will be useful and there will be people in there that you will like connect with and like I think when we talk about finding tribes and all the rest of it like what we have to remember is we're looking for real connection with people Mm -hmm. and real true connection is not instant no you can click with someone instantly um, but then like two weeks later, you could find out they're a horrible person. We've all been there. Um, but like it takes time to develop a real, genuine, deep affinity and bond with people. Yeah. So like, don't kick yourself if it's taking time. It should take time. Mm-hmm. That's like anything. Absolutely. Um, and again, again, the best way that you can find those connections is to find more people than this is I, I don't mean this as crass as it sounds find more people than you need and then feel like an airline overbook the flight yeah and then filter <laughs> yeah. it down to the people that like you don't want to crash into the side of a mountain with yeah um, <laughs> if i had to survive on the side of a mountain who would i want there with me exactly. i need a healer i need <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah conferences and exhibitions writers groups is a fantastic one that's kind of how i 
really started boosting my writing because i i did um like i've done the english on and off throughout the years written like the other story here and there nothing sort of in a serious capacity and it wasn't until i found a local writers group where i used to live um and i going back i don't remember what the impetus of that was i don't remember what caused me to go off and do that you're looking very majestic luna what's up I know, um, I was just, I was just for those uh listening dan stodd luna in the background is is showing herself yeah um but yeah, I don't know why I went across in the first place. Like I, I just wanted to be around other writers and to, you know, gain a bit of confidence and it worked. And um, the other thing to note on that is like, I went to that writers group for maybe about a year and a half. Um, it is possible that it gets to a point where certain things don't serve you anymore, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of what happened there. Like I love the people, but just the group itself wasn't um, fueling the side of the writing that I was trying to nurture. You not grow it. Yeah. Yeah. You and then- um, with that either. No, no. Um, and then the other thing, the other place as well, is you can find, uh, well, the exhibition side of things, um, like events and things mm. around some of the stuff that you love. So, for example, I'm exploring going to, there's a bunch of horror conventions that I had no idea existed in the UK. So I'm kind of looking into some of those just to meet fans, meet the people who are like holding stalls at the exhibitions and just trying yeah. to make some conversation. Broaden the horizons. Broaden the horizons, love. Be in love. a very niche way. A very niche way. <laughs> Not for I drink, none of his I'm looking um, for me, Nietzsche. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think um, overall that kind of brings us close to the end. So uh, just as a recap, you know, try and work out what it is you're looking for. Try and know yourself and just allow yourself to be as transparent and as honest on who you are as you're comfortable to be. Mm-hmm. Um, find places online, find things locally, in person. And a really key thing for me that I do want to kind of um, cap this off with, which is something that has been in my head for like a number of years now, especially since social media has grown into the behemoth that it is. Mm. It's very easy, especially when you're greener behind the ears, to judge your success by the numbers. Mm. And so you'll look at all these people that get, I don't know, 20,000 views, like, I don't know, 10,000 likes, all that kind of stuff that doesn't matter like you in in marketing you go a long way to look at like what the right metrics are to understand what it is that you need yeah and if you've got 50 people or 10 people following you and like four of them are commenting on your posts like 40 percent of your audience is attentive and that's huge yeah you guarantee that the people with like 10,000 followers will have maybe 70 people actually like engaging which is what like seven percent maybe 0.7 one of those bits of math um small small yeah so really it's not it's not a numbers game it's really not like social media i'm speaking about specifically like obviously the numbers can help perception but it shouldn't affect your idea of what success is for you and everyone starts small everyone starts small like the story studio had like a handful of listeners to begin with the other story started with a a handful of listeners like when i first started putting books out it was a handful of readers everyone starts small everyone starts from like zero and if you get one person you're 100 percent up on where you were and that's so take it slow like Mm -hmm. don't let that comparisonitis get in your way and find the right people for you yeah and and just two very quick things on that one if you start to like get consumed with the numbers, I just want you to sit down, get out a pen and paper and write down all of the accounts and posts that you liked that day. Mm-hmm. And I bet you can't. 
mm-hmm. and that's what a like is it's as fleet it's that it's that fleeting a like is like if um someone tells you a joke and you kind of go huh. <laughs> moving on yeah like how many reels have you watched tell me every single reel mm-hmm. like just because someone has watched it it doesn't mean that then they're going to engage like it takes a lot more than that so like take heart it's it's not you know like dan says it's it's not about that it's about people wanting to be around you and engaging with what you're doing and then just to cap it off uh, with everything that we've said just to top it all off (laughs) to to thine own self Mm -hmm. at the end of the day to thine own self be true and that is how you find the people that will engage celebrate and just like hold you and you in return like please remember that like you know a relationship is a two-way thing yes it should be (laughs) hopefully yes perfect i think that's a spot on place to to cap it all off um (laughs) spot on spot on bloody fantastic didn't come Um, in and fuck spiders (laughs) <laughs> so before we round up just a reminder that we now have a host of free resources that is growing up on the activated Authors website yeah, so you can hands on the self-publishing uh, checklist in which it literally lists all the things that you need to self-publish your book as well as the author activation matrix which is a diagnostic tool to help you identify where in your author life you can improve and yeah. um, that's all over at activatedauthors.com forward slash free and we will say a massive thank you to you the listeners for tuning in we appreciate you and the time you choose to spend with us each and every week as always, if you're looking to level up your writing and activate your author career, head on over to activateauthors.com to find out all about our community, our resources, and everything else we've got going on. One more time from myself and from Sam, we will see you next week. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> activate your energy. <laughs>